0: Welcome to Handel's Bank & Insights, I'm Sonia Rothwell. On this week's podcast, we take a deeper dive into what recent data says about inflation and the labour market. Spoiler, there might be a bright spot here. Also, how are businesses responding to the current economic challenges? Plus, what's the outlook for the economy in the short to medium term? Joining me is Dan Marnie from our UK economics team. So, Dan, we've had a couple of interesting data releases. Let's start with our old friend inflation, which I think is turning out to be more of a frenemy, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I think think that's a good way of describing it, Sonia. Um, The UK is now at 7% inflation. um, And that is understating what the real figure is, because, of course, the energy price cap, uh, which has been lifted in April, is not being reflected in the figures. Uh, So I would expect 9% inflation in April. So uh, we've got more to come. Um, Now, if you look at uh, one of the other drivers of inflation, a key driver of inflation uh, during the pandemic, which is, of course, um, looking at global uh, supply chain pressures, um, we've had February's data out for that. And that was quite positive, actually. So if you look at uh, supply chain pressures, both globally and in the UK, they're both on the down um, in February. So if that continued, uh, we could have potentially seen a, a deflationary force across 2022, which would have obviously been very welcome. Unfortunately, I don't think we are going to see that, of course, because uh, not just the Ukraine crisis, but we've also got lockdown in China, which is also causing all kinds of problems for global supply chains. So I think in terms of the inflation picture, uh, it's looking pretty bleak across 2022.
0: Speaking of uh, consumers, what about retail sales? Now, they're shining a bit of a light on consumer confidence, but what are they saying?
1: yeah so uh last friday we had um we had a few data sets come out actually, as you say, one of them was on retail sales, and a lot of listeners will have seen um the news stories uh, it hit, hit quite big um big headlines um We've now had retail sales on the slide two consecutive months um which may seem uh, pretty trivial in the scheme of things, uh, but actually um it's not and if you if you look at what's driving that it is. it does seem to be a plummeting of consumer confidence. So we also had consumer confidence data out on the same day. That's now lower than at any point during the pandemic. Now, the, the GFK consumer confidence indicator, which I'm basing that off, could be overstating the problem, but nonetheless, the direction of travel is pretty indisputable. Um, one thing we were taking comfort from previously was quite positive purchasing manager index data which were showing quite robust responses, unfortunately they're now on the slide as well um, and particularly the services um, indicator is on the slide um, and particularly that's being driven by uh, the new orders index which is obviously quite concerning. So if we look ahead, um, I don't want to sound overly bleak uh, but I don't think, I don't think it will, the picture is that encouraging.
0: Now, I'd like to pick this up and try and make this a little bit less bleak, because I'm sure that that our listeners could could, uh, do with a a little bit of positive news. There are other indicators out on the labour market, and I did promise a bright spot. So is this where we can see a bit of a bright spot, Dan?
1: Yeah, I I think we can see at least one bright spot here, which is if you look at the unemployment rate, it does continue to fall. So unemployment is at at just 3.8%, which is obviously historically very low. And if we go back to the autumn when the furlough scheme was withdrawn there were real concerns about whether this might lead to a big spike in unemployment that simply didn't happen and i think we can only conclude that that is a good news story now one of the things that's driving that is perhaps not such a good story which is that the inactivity rate in the uk is is increasing and that's effectively people leaving the labor force At the beginning of the pandemic, that was driven mostly by younger people leaving the workforce. Uh, So, for example, some people may have been furloughed and decided to take up studying. That's reversed now. So in the latter stage of the pandemic, it's much more people in the 50 to 64 age bracket that are leaving. Now, there could be a few reasons behind that. Some of them may be taking early retirement. Some of them who've lost jobs may find it more difficult to find new jobs. And also there could be an increase in long-term sickness. But in terms of trying to solve some of the worker shortages we have, I think what the government needs to do and public policymakers need to do is try and incentivise those people back into the workforce because the workforce is down by about 600,000 compared to pre-pandemic levels. So I think there needs to be some focus of attention on that area.
0: Especially given that the product the productivity numbers aren't so great, so obviously be, there should be a focus on trying to get those up, and this is going to be one way that policymakers could start to address that.
1: Yeah, I mean, the, the productivity challenge has been has plagued uh, the economy since the financial crisis, um, and yeah, I mean, I think I think policymakers need to do both things. They need to incentivize much better productivity. Uh, because our productivity lags compared to G seven counterparts, and also we do need to try and boost the workforce, as you say. Um, so really, they need to be doing both those things uh, quite aggressively to try and promote economic growth.
0: So lots to think about there. Um, how are businesses responding to this environment?
1: Yeah, so slightly differently compared, depending on which sector uh, they're coming from. So uh, the ONS um, released released some business insights. Um, last week I mean it showed a few interesting things so in terms of uh, some of the economic challenges and the costs that are being put on businesses um, about a third of businesses are passing those costs directly on to consumers and about a third are taking them on uh, taking the costs on themselves and, and absorbing those costs um, and then if you break down depending on the particular sectors there are some there are some interesting trends so if you look at the accommodation and food sector for example. About half of those are just passing the costs directly onto consumers. You know, at a time when consumers are facing all kinds of tax pressures, uh, inflationary pressures, et etc. Um, so that's going to that's going to potentially damage their businesses. And then also, if you look at um, what different sectors view or how they view energy costs and labour shortages, you know, how concerned are they about those two separate areas? Again, businesses in the accommodation and food sectors are most concerned about those issues. And I, th- I think there's two big concerns about this. Firstly, those sectors were particularly hard hit by the pandemic for obvious reasons. And secondly, if you look at growth figures in, you know, quite recent growth figures that have been published, um, it's really been growth in those sectors that's actually helped inch uh, GDP growth into positive territory. And I think they're gonna be all these factors weighing down on that sector. so concerns, I think, for the UK economy going forward.
0: It's quite a messy picture, isn't it? So what's the short to medium term outlook, would you say, for our economy?
1: Yeah, no, it, it certainly is a messy picture. So I think if we take the last two weeks data, I would say there are three things that we we need to look out for. So the first is on inflation. Um, as I said previously, we are expecting a headline inflation rate of about 9% uh, for April. Uh, now, if if it exceeds that, I think there are going to be all kinds of um, questions and debate about how monetary policy should respond. We spoke about a couple of weeks ago how we don't think interest rates are going to go up as much as markets are expecting. But if that inflation figure is even worse than expected, um, who, knows, uh, who knows what the position will be on that. Um, the second is to do with the labour market. Um, as I previously said, you know, the workforce is down by about 600,000. That's really contributing to tightness in the labour market and it's causing worker shortages across different sectors. Are we going to see a move back to those people who are now inactive going back into the workforce and boosting the workforce? That will alleviate some pressures for business if we can see that. Uh, So I think that's something we need to look out for. And in terms of the indicators for business and consumer confidence, is consumer confidence going to continue to nosedive? As I said, the recent the most recent data suggests that it's never been lower during the pandemic. Um, are we going to see uh, better figures uh, going forward? Um, and in terms of the PMIs, uh, they are on the slide, but they are still above 50, which indicates economic expansion. Will they remain above 50 for the coming months? If they do, I think that suggests um, you know perhaps we're not in for such a rocky ride as we fear.
0: Well, it's good to end on a positive note because we haven't been able to do that very often. Um, Thanks, Dan. Thank you for listening to Handel's Bank and Insights. If you've liked what you've heard, don't forget to rate us on the app where you're listening because it helps other people find us. You might also want to share this episode on social media. And if you like regular updates on the markets, sign up to our Daily Market News Wrap. The link's in the show notes. See you next time.